makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power, power. Greetings, a good day. Welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with good feelings in my heart, and this is a beautiful day out there. It's a good day for all of us to be here. This is First Voices Radio. I send you greetings and strength from the east gate of Turtle Island, where the sun and the water touch the earth at once, and I'm your host, Teokasin Ghost Horse. And this is an all-native hosted, all-native produced First Voices Radio now in its 29th year broadcasting and... Liz Hill is First Voices Radio's producer. And you can hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Spotify, as well as firstvoicesindigenousradio.org. And you can hear us internationally on Asavizar, Contemporary in Berlin, and Potsdam, Germany. Well, our first guest, Nick Mulvey, is an English musician, singer, and songwriter. I should say that he will be our only guest throughout the hour. And is a founding member of the band Portugal Quartet, which he played the hang and in 2011 nick started his career as a singer songwriter with the eps trellis and fever to the form first mind in 2015 which received a mercury music prize nomination and he released wake up now uh, in 2017 2018 dancing for answers begin again his latest ep was released in 2020 and so we're going to begin this uh this uh, interview with Nick Mulvey, and uh, we're going to carry it on through, and you'll hear different interludes there, and I'd like to say, if you want to look up Nick, he's on Nick Mulvey, N-I-C-K-M-U-L-V-E-Y.com, and other social media platforms. So we're going to start this one out this way. I'd like to ask you to join us here on First Voices Radio.
I think we've known for a long, long time, somewhere in the back of our minds, that times of great change are coming. Because this model of human life that destroys nature at high rates and, you know, seems to require some to have so much and some to have so little, it just can't be sustained. Begin Again is a song I've written, but it's also a byproduct of inner journeys I've taken into my ancestry, and in particular my maternal lineage, my mum's line. When I write a song, I usually live with it for a while, playing it over and over, letting the song reveal itself to me. And last year, kind of out of nowhere, I started to want to know more about my grandmother, my mum's mum, a woman called Mary. I never knew her in flesh and I wanted to find out about who she was and who she is within me today. I suppose the idea of ancestral connection can be seen as a journey of personal integration. It's kind of like everyone who's ever lived before us is, in a way, present now here within us, on the level of our DNA codes within every cell. And this is just like a material reality. And it's in this way that we can make contact with our ancestors. And we can ask them for help and we can express our fears and we can give our thanks. So when I was writing this song, the words and the melodies actually allowed me to grieve. And in a way, Begin Again is an opportunity for listeners to do the same. And when we do this, you know, when we like actually release our feelings, we are able to kind of see the world afresh. Uh, new possibilities are made available to us when we release this energy. And we can go forward in ways that we couldn't see before. So in this way, like, grieving is actually a really key component to us making sense of the times that we are living through and making available all the options we need to move forward. So this song and the whole Begin Again EP is exploring this idea of grief and ancestral connection. These are definitely times of grief and wonder. And in this position, you know, with so much on the line and all these systems dying around us and everything changing, you know, what is really important is revealed to us. I mean, in the lockdowns, our lives just stopped, you know. Suddenly we couldn't just go to work and we had to be together. And we had to remember what that was all about, just being together. And, you know, at the same time we were plunged into all this uncertainty, but we watched the spring unfolding together. And we heard and we shared all those stories of a resilient natural world, ecosystems and animal populations that were able to recover when given this chance. I wrote Begin Again before the pandemic and recorded it just before the lockdown began. I was with friends and we were down in Cornwall and in fact the recordings I made were meant to be demos and I didn't expect them to actually be released. But as the crisis then unfolded and affected us all, I felt that I actually had something to offer my listeners. Living lines of memory through the markings on my hand Ancient lines of living love awakening in this land Saying I am in the forest, in the city and the field I am in the bounty, come on, know me as I yield I am in the falcon, in the otter and the snow I am in the turtle dove with nowhere left to go And in the moment of blind madness when he's pushing her away I am in the lover within the ear who hears her say Can we begin again? Or maybe it's 
Times of crisis make the important things really clear, the things that give us a sense of meaning and purpose. And Begin Again as a song is all about this. I mean, it comes from my own journey into family and ancestry, but it goes further. It's about our extended family connections to our rivers, our lands, to the rain, to the animals, to the beauty and the mystery of what we're a part of. With the lyrics, my intention from the start was to combine images of our bodies with images of the land and its flesh and its tissues. Above all, Begin Again is a grief piece, and that comes hand in hand with celebration, because both are about deep, deep feeling for what we love and for the temporary nature of what we love. And the song is also asking questions. You know, can we see the sacred in the ordinary? Can we see the interconnectedness and the interdependence of all things? And can we see this in time? Can we see this in time before we lose it all? Um, I'm delighted to be talking with you, oh. Tilkasin. Talking to you is a great honour, and and I and I know that that can be said uh, quite often or even cheaply. It's it's a, but it it's a great honour to uh, to have this conversation. You know. Thank you. When I thought thought about your your mm. music, straddling or it's actually on the line of innocence, and I describe innocence as if it's not laden with guilt or the dichotomy of guilt, it's actually innocent. Like every moment between you and I is innocent, but we don't acknowledge that enough by the way we speak because we're thinking about cause and effect and it ties it all together because there is no, really no future and no past, but it's, we get lost in either, but, and therefore we never focus in on what's going on now, you see? So we, we use languages of, higher consciousness right. or lower consciousness but never this one we're not really mm. who we are because we don't know where we are we're either in the future or in the past and what's going on with the earth what's going on the, the humans and other all other life is to be here now because then we get focused and we realize that's where our power within a vulnerability of being human is but we don't acknowledge it. We want to be perfect, you see. Mm. And that's non-organic is to be perfect. I'm thinking that your music is, is but mm. it was listening to that in the old oral tradition that we all had at one time for the energy and the inflection, especially in the music. And one of those songs was Begin Again. Beautiful. Yeah. Such a nice, a nice way to do it, to... Uh to be led by the by the music itself and i think um yeah i'm 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 really happy that that you'd listen that way um i think i think you get the best of it that way you started in 2011 or so and your words your your music your persona is seems to be wise for your years and that's not a detriment that's like recognizing someone see in this world uh nick energy has no age, mm. right? But why do we put 
ages on things. Is that the time of a certain way of thinking? Because in, as you know, in the indigenous cultures, there's no, there's no clock. There's mm. no clock. There's no need for it. Because if you're on a continuum, then you're always moving. Yeah. So when you say begin again, I'm thinking, yes, I understand. The acknowledgement of how we live now is the only way you can begin again. Mm. And in the lyric of the song, it says, can we begin again? Baby, it's me again. Because there we really are. Once we, be, once we begin again, you know, once we come into the, into the present, all is forgiven and we are here. I'm honoured that, that you say that and that you recognise that. Um, it's always been that way for me in terms of, um, you know, my concerns. You know, I was, a, I was a normal kid, relatively normal kid, but I was also like just kind of in love with life in with no with no preferences, just amazed by by the basic things, you know. And I remember being a kid and and about fifteen years old and walking along the street in a very normal scenario in in the in the town that I grew up in. I I grew up in Cambridge, in England, the university town. And I was walking along the street and it just occurred to me that everything is extraordinary. And with that came came like a, a great joy in my heart and, and, and an amazement. And um and and I can think of lots of moments like that as I grew up and then um I've always been interested in in these kind of big questions, you know, like philosophy kind of philosophy, but I was I then took a, a one step into a kind of philosophy module at, at school and all that interested in that. That wasn't, it was too cerebral. Um, but I've always been, yeah, drawn mm. to these, uh, these bigger questions and, and, the, and the questions of the heart, I think, questions of devotion and questions of uh, feelings of devotion. And yeah, it's just mm. how it's always been for me. How do you think, and this is totally a cause and effect question of how, therefore, I, I, I want an answer Western style, but I'm going to use it lightly. How do you live that? How are you living that? Yeah, I mean, that's the, 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 the next question or the next. I mean, the truth is I do in the moments that I do and I don't in the moments that I don't. Um, and I'm far from perfect. I, I'm not quite sure how to answer that in a way. There's like different, there's there's daily ways of, you know, in, in the small moments, in the small measures of, of the daily ways um, where I think it's, it's, it's so natural to me that I don't make a big point of it, that, that, that uh, I, I just, I understand that the present moment is, is what matters the most. But again, I forget that when I'm, when I'm striving with my desires or preferences to be a different way or just recently on a bigger, on a bigger scale, I just this last week have, have enjoyed so much this book called the surrender experiment by a, a man called Michael Singer, an American man who tells his story from the early seventies up to the present day of, of uh, experimenting with surrender, starting with very simple surrenders, surrenderings. He starts to surrender to the weather, 
Like, I'm not going to complain about the weather. I'm going to accept the weather. It's obviously beyond my control anyway. So I'm not going to say, oh, it's, I, I hope it's sunny tomorrow or it, it, why is it raining? It, it, you know, he just accepts the weather. And then he starts with other surrenders and bigger surrenders until he really starts to play. And it's very challenging for him because, of course, he does have preferences as, as a person. He has, whenever life gives him an example, he surrenders to it. And, uh, and the wild journey he goes on is unbelievable. The book is, is incredible and very beautiful. Anyway, I say this because reading it this week has been, has been very meaningful to me because I, I needed to remember about surrender. Um, so in answer to your question, how do I live these, live with devotion and live with, um, you know, I, I just this week have had a uh, a big remembering of 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 life takes care of life. Of course, things can unfold in in the most miraculous ways if we have if we trust that they can and we allow allow them to. So I share that with you because it because that's just freshly come back to me and I think I I haven't I haven't allowed that in about eighteen months or something. It's been it's been quite you know, quite a challenging year for, for most of us. It certainly has been for me. And it was just a big thing this last week just to remember to touch in on this question of surrender and, and let life do it. Like, you know, what, what do I control anyway, you know? It would seem that I knew you before we even start talking, but I don't give it to serendipity or the fact that, more more of the fact that we are supposed to be doing this, you see, we are making the world aware that this consciousness is available to all that is in the tree. And, and if you can go there with mm. me, in the tree, in the water, in the natural life processes. So when you say surrender, to me, that means giving up. Uh, actually, uh, the, the saying I heard says, die before you die, mm. is that you give this up in order to understand what living's about. That's so nice. Just last night, I was, I was literally saying the words to a friend, "Die before you die," and we both stopped and we thought, "Wow!" And I said, "That would be a great song title, Die Before You Die.'" And uh, and, there, and there you are. You just said it <laughs> less, than, less than a day later. Yeah, it was yesterday evening. We were talking about um, it's a, a Buddhist practice called called Dying Before You Die, yeah. where you kind of take time to to just think through your own inevitable demise in a way, at least, at least the demise of your own physical body and, and, and the falling away of all the, all of all of the things that you hold and, and um, think that you own and it will all, it will turn, it will all fall away. It will turn to dust. And, and, and the idea is that you, you, you do that and you do that with all the feelings that you, you know, you bring those feelings up, you, you, you feel the, the grief, but at the end of that, you you find what remains, and 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 what remains is is you, the essentially you. You still remain, and then and then having done that, you can then come back into your into your daily lived life, you know, a bit freer, because you you're not so scared of losing other things because you've you've kind of gone through the process of losing them. Die before you die. You know what puts us in the process of having to come to a point that we have to surrender in order to basically find out who we are. So 
I'm going to go back to the, to the indigenous uh, way of, of being is because of the language we have um, in, and I found this out in, in the middle of Auschwitz in Birkenau in, and I was with a mentor, an old Lakota mentor, Virgil Gilstrait, and it was at a Catholic ret retreat that we, we, we had finished a day and we sat in, in the lounge and I asked him straight up because he speaks he speaks Lakota fluently from the old way before colonization, 1926 or so. So that was his gen last generation to speak that truer Lakota. And I asked him, is there a word for domination in Lakota? And he said, no word, no concept. So that started a whole new road and this sort of not such an epiphany, but things that were meant to be aren't, aren't so eventful because there are much bigger things in the future, so to speak. So when, when you come to a point of knowing that you must now begin to speak a, a relative or a relational language for what you surrendered to, you see, rather than bringing the old, the old uh, way of, restricted thinking into what you surrendered to never works, in other words. So domination doesn't exist in nature. There are no right angles in nature. So everything seems to be in chaos because it's nonlinear. So mm. you see this big, wonderful world opening up to you that's nonlinear and it's all in front of you rather than what you have accomplished in life is to think that, well, I've accomplished something in life and I want to see the results of it. But what we say in in native way is that if you expect to see the results of your work in this lifetime, then you are not worth the people that you come from. I that that totally caught my attention. And does that mean because the people that you've come from have dedicated their lives to results beyond their own return their, 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 beyond what they will receive. Yeah, the seventh generation thinking. Yeah. If you expect to see the results of your work in your lifetime, then you're not worth the people that you come from. Well, it's it's funny. What does that mean to you when I say, and, I, and I'm careful not to sort of create a victim identity here, yeah. Yeah. but like I had some conversations with, uh, with friends that come to mind now where we were saying, we we as 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 generations like we haven't been dreamt for now i don't think that's entirely true i think there were soulful people in my lineage mm -hmm. in my father's line and my mother's line who lived with depth and in living with depth would would have done actions that would have somehow had you know the awareness or, or just the yes some awareness of 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 life beyond themselves and therefore uh you know contributing to, to to generations beyond them so i i don't say no one dreamt for me but in general and the point being made between my friends at this moment was that with such interruption uh over historically from our indigenous cultures and our indigenous ways of life and our indigenous wisdoms as has happened in 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 europe and 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 beyond um those those conscious practices of of living in such a way that or, or dreaming for generations ahead have obviously been interrupted 
I see lost generations and yeah, we're all kind of working out our lives in the dark. And I return your question with a question. What does that phrase mean to you in the context of someone who, who doesn't come from a people who have dreamt for them? Well, I think you, you said it with your, your um, acknowledging your, your lineage Mm. is that from that lineage is comes their regeneration process through you. So mm. regeneration is the key. And I think it's, it's, it's a clean focus or a virtue that we become regenerative as people, generativity. And that means gener generosity. That means to regenerate the, the generations in the future. But it also means this. In these older languages, we say Lakota is 250,000 years old. We've been honing it since then um, because spirituality has become more of a, a not just a, a selfish endeavor of ability to have power over somebody, but it lessens or actually increases your awareness by feeling, which is really a, a word for thinking. It means that there is no word to truly understand what I, me, my, mine, and ours is about. And once you do not have those in your language, then you really see what you mean to the generations that you don't see ahead of you. And so yours is a sense of responsibility for carrying that lineage on, like you said, you know, and not bettering it or making it worse, but making it simple so there is no restrictive thinking. What happens is we get into the, to the sort of the selfish soliloquies um, of understanding our roles in in our lives individually in a system that kind of divides us all the time and and earth distance distances us like we are being mm -hmm. socially distanced now well we've been earth distancing for a few thousand years now mm. and it's gotten to the this place so in that wow. long explanation of a return of the question how do you think of that um <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, it's a, what I was thinking literally was it's a joy to hear you speak. That that was something that came to my mind. Just I may I may have lost the thread, but just to say that these I call them like sort of the mechanics of ancestry or the mechanics of karma or and it's like it I get glimpses of it. You know, my my oldest brother nearly died, and I and I had this moment of in 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 this wild grief. I just was something broke open i saw this and the mystery of our of our being together but but not it's not an entire mystery it's it, it's it is a mystery in that like i'll never grasp it entirely but it is it is knowable beyond the uh you know why 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 we're brothers why we're why family's family and what i'm saying with this is that i've had these i've had this interest and i didn't know why in 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 the idea of the ancestors i just i just liked it i grew up loving mythology I grew up really drawn. My my mum gave me this big book of Native American mythology when I was a kid, and I had African mythology. I just loved it. And my son now he's four years old, and they've got this kids mythology podcast, and we're really enjoying it. He loves it too. And um, as a as a teenager, I just knew I loved the idea of the ancestors wherever I could find it. You know, like within African culture, I often found it. Um, and that led me to, and I, and I started to love African music in a very embodied kind of 
just it just felt great the african music and i'd love to move and dance and play and drum and i followed that into studying you know african music as much as i could but it, but it it was and so I may have lost the thread of what you were saying there. No, you Joker, didn't. You didn't. Me. At the moment, I may have I may have lost it on the literal level. At the moment, that I I just thought to myself, how great it is to hear you speak as as someone. For me, there's been this um, this interest, but it, it's kind of half blind. It, it, I'm kind of working out and following my own feelings, like most of my culture, and and that grew into into sort of journeys with plant medicines uh, again sometimes really well held and and sometimes very anchored and uh you know eyes open and other times like less so like um all of it kind of half remembering and a half kind of very intuitive journey into uh, in in into the present moment into being alive into into in, into this question of 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 ancestral connection yeah, that that's my offering in return. I'm just I'm just really happy again to be having this conversation with you. Yeah, so am I. I'm you know I'm thinking this is um, you know I don't do your mechanical who, what, when, where, and why interviews. I want to talk and exchange sort of a culture type of uh, medium, and in the sense that the energy that we is all the same to me. It's just that we we communicate differently. So, mm. but there's a common thread here. Um, I think, which is too easy. It's easier finding the common thread than looking for the differences and acknowledging those. I came from a place where we accepted the mystery as it was, as it is, as it will be. And then I came into a society that didn't accept mystery, but wanted to solve the mystery. Mm. And the result is, is driving people crazy as if mystery was a problem to be solved. It's all, it's all changing now. So much is changing. This these patriarchal mindsets where only that which you can measure is valuable. We're still very much within within the time and the culture where that mindset is predominant. And I see the suffering driving people crazy, as you say, is exactly right. Like I've always always had moments since since these similar ages in my mid-teens kind of realizing that like everyone's busying themselves thinking they know what's going on but like it, it's such a mystery yeah it's a mystery to to dance with and play with so when we talk about your music when i when i'm listening to your music what you know the driving force behind it would you say it is that mystery and you're just um you're you're singing about the mystery i'm looking not just of an answer but more of a it to me is you're con conversing with the words that are driven through you by your ancestors and that's why it's so re recognizable to a lot of indigenous peoples because that's coming through somewhere and how to describe that i wouldn't know so that's why i'm asking you nice i mean i i, I look at it lots of different ways I have in some moments thought about my my ancestors with regard to the songwriting and certainly I, I kind of I've developed my practice of, of of making an altar with with ancestors on them and 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 like being open to this idea of connection and, and seeking this idea of connection. But I say that because I because I never have quite thought of it as as succinctly as you just said it then, Jokasin, in terms of 
could these words be driven through me by my ancestors? That that's a new, fresh way of 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 playing with it, thinking about it, um, because it's always been quite quite a mystery to me. In, in that, like, I um, as an artist, a huge part of what I do when I'm writing a song is is not really with the mind. I'm just playing with forms and and shapes and sounds, and often with the guitar first. So so musically first, and just getting these kind of motifs and riffs that do something for me that, that I f I'm playing the guitar and I find something that actually the more, the more I do it, the more the years go by, the more simple my observation becomes, you know, I, I see that I have a, uh, a guitar, an acoustic guitar, which is a resonating box. And I place it over my chest, my feeling center, my heart, and this, this front of my body. And I'm just playing different pieces of information, different different music with the strings into my feeling center. And I'm kind of just unlocking my heart. I'm quite literally giving my, my body in a non-cerebral way, bypassing the mind. It just goes from my hands into my feeling center. I'm giving my body information until an emotion opens. And now an emotion opens, I, I've sort of unlocked my heart kind of thing. I'm, I've opened my emotions, put it that way. And then, um, and that's usually when I'll, I'll, I'll follow that. And the the content of that musical pattern that, that that has just opened my emotions will then start to inform my voice and how my voice can go and, and where my voice can um, the melody phrases and the melody phrases start to form and then they become uh, they become kind of words and some keywords and then and then my mind starts to enter a bit you know there are things I'm thinking about you know I I heard someone say the other day. Eight billion people, only one I. And I thought that's so good. I really like that. And and so that that that's an example of one of 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 something in my mind that might make it into a song. But um, but the mind engages quite late in the process. It's a very sort of somatic, but embodied process. Um, and and yeah. So and so like I find the material. I find the words. You know. Um, I don't I don't I don't really sit down with the intention of of writing the songs that I write. I I'm the first audience member. That's how I always put it. That's so revealing in a sense that you become sort of an a vulnerable to the power that is already and when I think about um you talk about the ancestors and I and I I'm it's like a viewing when you look into the ancestors you feel the ancestors um, and you're you're expressing their feelings and their thought. It's it's saying that the the evolvement of language, in a sense, is uh, I, I often say that our language comes from the earth, and the earth doesn't lie. You see, mm. so when once the earth doesn't lie, what are we doing from that point on? Is that truth of who we are coming through to the music? Are we just kind of making it to to sound good to the human, or can we actually go and sing this these this music back to the earth instead of mommy putting up our our drawings on a refrigerator? We're going to show the drawings. We're going to go sing the songs for the earth, right? Instead of humans, but to the earth, right? Because and that's what I'm feeling. And I had that thought when I first like, oh, he's singing about the earth, but I'm thinking that he is also 
I could play this for the earth and the earth will say, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. We, we need, as humans, we need to sing these songs to the earth. So she recognizes wow. us here, you see. Wow. And that puts us in, we're swimming in the energy all the time. But this, like you said, the, the cerebral gets in the way because mm. that's ego driven, right? Because you don't find ego in nature. Are you familiar with a book called The Time of the Black Jaguar by a man, a Peruvian called Arkan Lushwala? The subtitle of the book is um, an offering of indigenous knowledge toward the an offering of indigenous knowledge towards the continuity of, of life on earth. And um, this is no doubt stating the very obvious to you, but for me it was it was really important to have it written to, to read this what what I'm about to say, just really simply put, he he said that um, you know, in in a in a Western or, or developed world, you know, whatever industrialized world, education, um, we are taught so much about the physics of of the earth and the, the physical, the physics of the material plane, and and we we talk in such depth and, and detail about physics and chemistry and biology, um, but the indigenous would allow us suggest that we can do we know that we can have a relationship with the wind that we can have a relationship with these physical properties with, with the earth and intimate relationships with with the landscape with the earth with the and that that was beautiful that was so like i was already living that and thinking about that and and it's easy to think about it with like the less and less like obviously animate things become it's easy to think about that with with animals with with trees even you're like i can have a relationship with a tree with a river perhaps um but i'm really getting into into earth and rocks and hills and thinking like they are living they're alive it's just beyond my normal scope of, of time frame and measurement and uh a, a friend in in the southwest of england who's very sensitive very interesting person she came to me and um she was Nick, I had a dream and uh, there's a local hill, a very beautiful and, and beloved hill called Clay Hill. And she said, Clay Hill visited me a dream last night and, and wants me to tell you that it can support you and your music, Nick. This hill, is, if you pray to this hill, it's here to amplify your music around the world, is what she said. So I'm, I'm, I'm singing to Clay Hill. I'm, I'm singing to, to the earth. Yeah. It makes sense to apologize somewhat to the earth for what we've done to our mother, right? We've abused and now we're, we're in a state of, through music. And I think this is why I play music too with my flutes and my ukulele and a guitar back here. But it's mostly the, the native flute, which is inherent to uh, uh, cultures around the world. But I think I hear the music in nature so I'm, I'm just reflecting what it's giving to me already. Mm. Um, and so when you said you're playing to Clay Hill, it's like, oh, he understands that the music and the language is already in the land. He's just reflecting it back. Because that music, uh, the language that the earth is teaching you has no concepts. Neither does music. Music doesn't have concepts. You know, you can go to the other side of the moon and hear it, so to speak. It's not, it's not primarily intellectual. Yeah. And I've certainly been in places and like, 
and received some musical idea that felt like it was definitely a gift from that place. A song of mine called Dancing for the Answers. Yes. Dancing for the Answers has this little motif. That motif came to me in Mexico. I was in quite a high energy point called uh, Mazunte. And it has the comet's point or La Punta Cometa. And I was on the beach there. And this little motif came to me that was simple, but but so gorgeous. Just just the kind of thing that I was describing earlier where I'm just, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm not really thinking, blah, 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 blah. This doesn't, and then something will come and it's like, oh, wow. And this, it was very simple, but it just had one odd measurement to it, which meant that it was fresh. Every time it came around, it just it refreshed itself and it never got old, this little cycle. I loved it. And then uh, months later, I had a dream in the night that I was around the back of my parents' house where I grew up in Cambridge, uh, in England. I was, I was back in the UK and I had a dream and I was at the back door of my parents' house and I was putting a key in, in, in the back door of my parents' house, about to return home. Uh, and just as I was putting the key in the door, someone called behind me and, um, and they said, someone said, hey, hey, turn around. And I turned around and I was amazed, very surprised in the dream to see a kind of late 70s David Bowie sitting on the wall. <laughs> and, uh, and he was there in, in like full, like in a baggy pink silk shirt with black buttons. And, and there was David Bowie. And as I turned, I realized I was holding this ukulele. I was already playing this pattern that, that came from Mexico. And I was playing it to the David Bowie of my dreams. To my secondary amazement, David Bowie was like completely entranced and he loved it. And he was, he was, he, he really expressed his joy at, at this pattern. And he, and he, he kept, he came in close to, the, to me playing it on, on the guitar, on the ukulele. And he kept saying, it's ancient. Other things happened in the dream, but, um, that was a real kind of confirmation. I woke up just completely like something was confirmed. You know, what, what would compel one to want to listen to your music as, as I have, I think it's a planted a seed. You planted a seed that says, I want to listen to this music because it's very different than that music, which seems to be like fingernails on a chalkboard. You see? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I never really subscribed to the idea of, quote, conscious music, no. you know, because I always feel that like great music, all my favorite artists, great artists were, were highly conscious and the music they made was highly conscious, you know, whether that's Nina Simone or, um, you know, Jimi Hendrix or, you know, Public Enemy or like great music I, I i'm only interested in great music and i think the the idea of of a genre of conscious music is 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 very limited and also kind of um has a kind of a, a lot of spiritual ego kind of imbued in it somehow um and and so i, I think i think i'm striving with my music although i do often speak quite kind of uh, directly about about spiritual matters that's just how the music emerges from f from for me you know um and and I'm, and I'm just interested in making the best music i can and, and i and i stay open it can go the music can go wherever it likes you know one more thought about 
Anthropocene. Anthropocene, people want to see or hear or feel the hope mm. when, you, when you say the medicine come back. What does that do for you when you ran into the line when it came through and maybe um, your friend Felipe had something to do with it that he said yeah. he might have? And uh, yeah, what does that do? Yeah. Well, Felipe and I wrote the song together. He kind of midwifed it as I birthed it. It was that kind of relationship. Like um, he really supported me. Uh, I, I had the initial idea of in the Anthropocene, what does your freedom mean? And then, and then the song emerged from there, you know, we commune with the San Pedro cactus and we went into this space and we started talking about whales and I had this idea of a thousand mile melody and, and then this idea of, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And this was about maybe February in 2019. And in February, 2019, I was really tired. It had been a really dark winter and this idea of, it, of, of possible extinction was very alive and uh, kind of in the system, in, in, in amongst my networks of people in the UK and beyond. And, and, and Extinction Rebellion was, was very much happening. And this, and, and the, uh, and this kind of, uh, you know, it, but it felt very, I, I went down into a state of despair that winter, hmm. feeling kind of, kind of over, overwhelmed by it and, um, I'm very afraid and and uh, and very heavy about everything. Just really, as as the season began to change, you know, as the winter began to become the spring and things started to move, and I had another conversation just prior to writing the Anthrop Anthropocene, where where a friend of mine was was saying like, yes, we have to really become alive to this idea, possible idea of extinction. Yes, but but like, he said. I'm too in love with fate to just believe that. And, and as he was talking, I kind of realized I hadn't noticed he, on his t-shirt, he had a picture of Hanuman, the monkey God from the Indian tradition, who I love because I, I've been very influenced and I'm a great love of, a lover of Ramdas and, and Ramdas's teachings. And, and that's a Hanuman lineage. And I was just kind of listening to him talking about how extinction is not the only thing. Like there's, there's more, options and there's more there's more going on here than that and as i looked at him as he said this i was kind of looking at hanuman and i just snapped out of it and i i just remember like i love like life is 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 so wonderful life is so so powerful and and um and and these moments were significant for me because i was turning from this from this despair into this into this I would say hope, but it's not exactly hope. It's more just a kind of a emergent, seeing what emerges, like just attending to the present moment, basically not knowing because, because despairing about extinction is, is to uh, land at some very strong conclusions. And they, they are important, but also I, I don't know enough to conclude anything extinction or survival or anything it was just like i just paused on my conclusions i just came back to not knowing in the present moment and with that came some breathing space and and those were, the, were some of the weeks before we wrote this song and so actually then in the song in writing the song in the anthropocene i i knew i liked the fact that it was in a major key the song the the, the keys were the the, the the melodies were not minor they weren't they weren't sort of like too tragic or too 
too heavy. It was it was an uplifting key. Mm-hmm. And in the Anthropocene, what does your freedom mean? Is is a is a kind of quite buoyant question. It's a buoyant way of approaching this. You know, there there is the inherent assumption that that freedom exists within you. Freedom is yours already. Because uh, I'm not asking where is your freedom or or how do you get it or who took it. I'm asking. I'm we're talking about what does it mean to you the freedom that you have whether or not you know it or you remember it um so all of that has a buoyancy to it and then specifically like when we got to the the song has a list which you just referred to the song has this moment of list um and uh actually as we started writing that list the list was I wanted to make a list of all the recently extinct species. Um, I wanted to make a list of all the the, re- the recently extinct or endangered species of animals. Um, and and at that moment, Felipe guided me change our position. Like maybe we start saying they come back, they're gone, and, and that is uh, that is that is more kind of factually correct. Overall, the list should be saying is gone, is gone, is gone, is gone. But like, just for our own kind of happiness, for our own self care, let, let let us let us play with the idea that, that, they, that they're coming back. You know, I know that Americans have been more colonized than we have as indigenous folks, but now that young people are starting to lose and become more assimilated and become more colonized. It's For us, it's 160 years ago that the Lakota became came into contact with the Americans. Yeah, I mean, I often wonder if indigenous communities, different parts of the world, mostly through the Americas, I'm, I'm thinking when I have this thought, I often want the, uh, the gratitude we feel, the gratitude we feel and the and the awe that that the culture and the, the 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 culture of their lands inspires in 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 us and i say us like my my generation of of kids coming from the uk this gratitude yeah i often think do they know how threads of their culture are being woven in in ours and, and, and are being received like so well, so richly, so mm. with such impact and with, to, like quenching a thirst that is so particular and so um, needed quenching. I'd love that, that to be reflected back to the, to, to the youth of those cultures that we, this admiration and gratitude are, are the mm. words I feel. Those are good words to go out on. And um, I just want to say it's a, just an honor to hear you, see you, exchange some ideas. Um, basically, it's a good honor, to a great honor to talk to you. Maybe we'll do this again sometime soon.
I would love to. I would love to. I hope we get to meet in person before too long. Yeah. And um happy to make this connection and have this conversation. And that was Nick Mulvey. Nick Mulvey can be found on any social platform, Facebook, Spotify, anything. You just search the name N-I-C-K-M-U-L-V-E-Y or nickmulvey.com. This is Teokusen Ghost Horse. Thank you for joining us here on First Voices Radio. Come back and the air come.
seasons come back and the stories come back and the power come back and the oceans come back and the prayers come back and the coral come back and the soil come back and the tenderness come back hell the brothers said we must remember the old ways the dreaming of the land and the calling of the rain we are life itself so